This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Good morning, I'm Kate Watson. And I'm Claire Kimball. It's Wednesday the 31st of March. In your Squiz today, Brisbane will learn its lockdown fate, the end of democracy in Hong Kong, Myanmar edges closer towards civil war, and your right to a fixed phone. This is your Squiz today. Queensland's COVID outbreak now sits at 18, Claire, and in what Premier Anastasia Palaszczuk says is good news, they're all linked. Residents of Greater Brisbane, though, remain in lockdown until 5pm on Thursday, though it could be longer. It could be longer and it could be broader as well. Currently, that lockdown is Greater Brisbane, but Harvey Bay, Gladstone, the Gold Coast, and also across the border in Byron Bay, they're also areas that have seen cases or are linked somehow. So watch out for that today. What Palaszczuk has said is that she would give some indication later today about what that lockdown looked like uh, and hasn't ruled out extending that. The timing is awful. We've got Easter long weekend, school holidays coming up, plenty of people having plans, though I guess the timing of these things is never good, but it means people are asking, how did this happen? How these two clusters surfaced have come from two separate incidences at the Princess Alexandra Hospital in Brisbane medical staff contracted the virus from patients who were infected with the highly infectious UK strain. As is said, on two separate occasions there, that hospital went into lockdown last night. What the Chief Health Officer there, Dr Jeanette Young, said yesterday was that only medical staff who have received at least their first vaccination shot are now allowed to treat COVID patients. And authorities are doing all that work to see exactly how that was allowed to happen Uh, and dealing with the consequence now of that spread. Yeah, an anxious time for many, many people. Other states watching closely what's happening in Queensland. Whilst we're talking COVID, Claire, let's zoom right out. It's been over a month since the World Health Organization investigators left China. They were there trying to figure out the origins of the virus. Their final report was released yesterday. They say the most likely cause is that it was transmitted to humans from bats, but via another animal. Yeah, there was an intermediate animal host, they say, and that host is still unknown. The least likely scenario was a laboratory leak, they say. So, sorry, conspiracy theorists, that seems to be ruled out. From here, the report is sent to member states of the World Health Organization to be undoubtedly picked through. US Secretary of State Anthony Blinken has already talked of concerns the US has about the report. He said over the weekend that, and this is the quote, we've got real concerns about the methodology and the process that went into that report, including the fact that the government in Beijing apparently helped to write it. China's President Xi Jinping has finalised plans to overhaul Hong Kong's electoral system. What this means, Claire, is that any pro-democracy leaders in Hong Kong will be unable to gain control of the administration. That basically marks the end of democracy for Hong Kong. 
Yeah, it's the end of democracy in Hong Kong and there's lots of sadness and lots of concern around the world about exactly what that means with China now ending the route for opposition in Hong Kong. What Xi has done is set up a committee of officials that are loyal to China's Communist Party to vet Hong Kong's political candidates. They've also reduced the number of directly elected Hong Kongers that can be appointed to that legislative council. Australia, along with other countries, have condemned China's move to tighten control in Hong Kong. The others joining us include New Zealand, the US, the UK, Japan and the European Union. In Myanmar, the death toll of pro-democracy protesters has been gradually rising clear as calls continue for the country's ethnic groups to band together against the military. Now there's concerns a civil war is imminent. Yes, civil war is the term that is now being talked about. There are escalating tensions there. There are these armed military groups that do have quite a bit of control in Myanmar and clashes between them and the military in some areas is what some experts are anticipating. The military has already taken aim at those groups. There was an airstrike against one of them at the weekend which killed three people and displaced 10,000 others. Uh, There was some more insight into what happened in Myanmar on the weekend as well. The thought is that about 150 people were killed by the military uh, and also big concerns that that is going to escalate in the coming weeks. Here in Australia, Labor and Greens MPs have called on the Morrison government to consider a visa amnesty for students from Myanmar. That's not dissimilar to those given to Chinese students after the Tiananmen Square massacre seems like a heavy news day, Claire. Luckily, we did have a little bit of good news yesterday. The Ever Given became unstuck and has been now moved right along, which is great. So the Suez Canal is unblocked, but people still want to know how the giant ship managed to get wedged. It's a fair question, you'd have to say, given given the scale of what happened there. And while it was the butt of the joke of the internet last week and uh, the source of millions of memes, it seems, there's now the work to really try and understand what happened. There's an investigation that's being set up. It looks like it could be handled by Panama, even though it's in Egypt. Uh, Also questions that maybe the US National Transportation Safety Board uh, might step in and do that investigation because it did have global impacts. Yeah, they don't know if it was the wind or if it was human error, but they will get to the bottom of it, I'm sure, because people really don't want this to happen again. Something else that isn't great when it happens is when you break your phone, when you smash your phone screen, that kind of thing. (laughs) For a lot of us, that'll be on an iPhone. Aussies do tend to have iPhones. And now you won't have to get it fixed, Claire, at an Apple store. Kate, remember pre-COVID, I was late into the office one day because I'd put my phone on the roof of my car and then driven off and then I'd slam my phone into the wall of the car park and then had to go and find it. Yeah, I've still got the crack in that phone, so... I've still, I haven't gone and got it repaired because you have to go into Apple and it's a whole thing and it's a whole uh, thing. It's just been a real pain. So I've just been, you know, wandering around with a cracked phone, like I'm sure many people do. Uh, that deterrent of having to go to Apple and pay a lot of money to get it done uh, might be cracked now with Apple giving approval to independent repairers to do that work. It's not just phones. There's a big movement across all electrical goods and tech goods 
about the right to repair. And that means that manufacturers shouldn't lock up uh, the ability to repair their goods. Others should be able to have a go at it. Yeah, the ACCC, our competition watchdog, says it should be able to be done at a competitive price. Before we go, for all those parents in lockdown in Brizzy, if your kids are aged 7 to 12-ish and they're driving you a bit nuts, might be time to try Squeeze Kids. It's our daily news podcast for kids, plus there's also all sorts of other special episodes like interviews with Tiger Keepers. Tomorrow we have Jokes Out with Andy Griffiths. We have a quiz coming out on Friday. There's recipes if you fancy a bit of cooking. It's all happening at Squeeze Kids. Head to the website squeezekids.com.au for all your entertainment needs. (laughs) And Claire, whilst we're here, don't forget our daily sports news podcast now lands at 7am each morning. 7am, finish listening to Squiz today and head over to Sport today and like there's nothing then that you can't do. That's right, you'll be part of every conversation. But we get sports not for everyone. If it's really not your thing, no worries. Just tell your sports loving mates about it for us, will you? That's all from us. We'll be back tomorrow. quick message now from our podcast partner, BHP. Across the next couple of weeks, we'll be talking to Squizzers about BHP and the work they're doing to provide the materials that we need to transition to a low emission economy for the energy transition. At the start of the podcast, you heard how copper is used to make electric vehicles, wind turbines and solar panels. So when it comes to producing it, reducing emissions is a priority. And that's why BHP is making solar, wind and battery deals to help power their South Australian Olympic Dam copper mine. It's happening now at BHP.